Hey everyone, welcome back to Take to Take. No more than, I guess, 72 hours since our last show. And boy, oh boy, has a lot happened since then. Starting literally that night, we released a show on Monday. And Monday night, uh, some stuff went down and it has carried over until today. It's been updated. But for those who don't know, and I'm not sure who I'd be talking to there, the Maybe Rangers under a the- rock. Yeah, the Rangers and the Capitals have played twice since then. They played on Monday, they played on Wednesday. And there's a bit of a timeline to go over here because there is a lot to break down from both games and everything that has happened in between. So I think we'll just get right into that because it might take a second. So let's start Monday, May the 3rd. The evening after we released our last show, Washington was in New York to play the Rangers. Tom Wilson, uh, Mr. Tom Wilson was on the ice and what, what was seemed to be just a scrum around the net turned into something a bit more than that. Uh, Tom Wilson punched a prone Pavel Buchnevich on the ice. He then got into a scrum with a number of New York Rangers players, including Artemi Panarin, and essentially ragdolled Panarin to the ice. A helmetless Panarin, which should be noted, ragdolled him to the ice, brought his exposed head very close to the ice surface in a very fast manner. Um, overall, an extremely dangerous play, not even just in a hockey sense, just in a human interaction sense, extremely dangerous, extremely scary. Uh, and do either of you know what Wilson was assessed in the moment? Because I don't, I don't think it was much. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't tell you, but I think. Sorry, continue, and then we'll get, we'll get to our thoughts. I don't remember. I'm assuming. Well, just, yeah. Know. So that's that's the thing. Um, after everyone saw that, there was a lot of arms in the air. Not only because it was Tom Wilson, though that was part of it, but because of how. I, it, it was dangerous, but I, I really do want to use the word scary because that is very scary to watch how bad that could have been for Panarin, um, what happened there. If anyone is listening and hasn't seen it, go go watch it. It it could have been so much worse than it was. Even, more even level, then, definitely. I think Panarin is out for the rest of the season, uh, which isn't much for the Rangers. It's like two games, but still, Panarin didn't get away unscathed. Could have been a lot worse, though. Anyways... Tuesday, the next day, Tom Wilson, the repercussions for this incident for both Buchnevich and Panarin, though, would we all agree what happened to, thank you, Patrick, it was a game misconduct? Or yeah, he game... went to the box, and then I think they were reviewing it, and then he got sent off the ice. All right. Um, so, yeah. and do we know if that was, it might not say, but was that for the Buchnevich interaction or the Panarin interaction? Uh, just... This just says... He cross-checked the defenseless, defenseless Buchnevitz in the back of the head before slamming okay. a helmetless Panarin. He flexed in the penalty box afterwards before okay. he sent off the ice. So. Game misconduct. Anyways, a lot of people were seeing a multi-game suspension coming for Wilson. Kind of seemed like a no-brainer. Tuesday, the NHL, NHL Department of Player Safety announces Wilson is assessed a $5,000 fine for not the Panarin incident, but specifically the Buchnevich incident. And when I saw that, when I saw that, I sent it to a group chat we have and I, and I asked, are these, are these incidents analyzed in each specific uh, situation or interaction? When I initially saw that, I said, okay, so they must be assessing him something for the Buchnevich interaction. And then they're going to do the Panarin one separately because there was, there was no way I was believing he wasn't getting anything for what he did to Panarin. Uh, I should have believed that because that's what happened out of that entire incident. Tom Wilson was assessed a $5,000 fine. That's it. Later on Tuesday, the Rangers released a statement, a lengthy statement condemning the quote unquote, I'm not going to read the whole statement because it is kind of long, but they condemned the quote unquote horrifying act of violence last night at Madison square garden. They referenced how he's repeat offender and they were fully expecting a suspension for Wilson and they sum up, they, they end the statement by saying, we view this as a derelict dereliction of 
duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. So on Tuesday, the New York Rangers essentially called for the job of Peros, the head of the Department of Player Safety. That is a bit of a hefty accusation. It's a hefty situation. So does it make sense? We will get into that. Continuing on, Wednesday, it more more chaos gets added to this whole situation. If you thought if you thought the night before was the peak, then no oh boy. <laughs> You're only about halfway through on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I was when I was on TSN 690, like overdrive, or anyone was coming on, they were like, So, what do you think? And everyone just goes, All right. And they just yeah. got out a big thigh. Well, there's so much to unpack. Let's go ahead. So yeah, we're we're real, we're less than halfway done here. But Wednesday, the New York Rangers announced the firing of President John Davidson and GM Jeff Gordon, reportedly. Now, re- reportedly, and this is essentially confirmed at this point, unrelated to the events of the previous forty eight hours. Didn't uh, apparently that that management decision didn't have anything to do with the Wilson incident, the fine, the statement released. Uh, Apparently it, it, it had been coming already, but again, we will get back to that as well. Uh, some quotes from that though, initially, uh, this is from Sarah Valley, John Davidson and GM Jeff Gordon scurried to distance themselves from the team statement that was issued on Tuesday night, telling other executives they did not know it was in the worst until after it was released. We're not entirely sure if that is the case. That was uh, re- that statement, that tweet was released very quickly after the initial announcement And since then, that might not be the case. That night, last night, Wednesday, May 5th, the Capitals are still in New York to play the Rangers again. And I think everyone saw it coming, but right off the bat, there's a line brawl. I think both sets of wingers and the centermen go at it. I don't believe the defense got into it, though. If you watch the video, you can see Zidane Chara making his way over uh i'm not sure to who and asks if he wants to go and he gets a uh his invitation is declined i suppose so three fights right off the bat six fights in four minutes 100 penalty minutes in the first period alone wilson does fight it's uh although he didn't start the game but his first shift out he does fight it's a bit of a a bit of a hectic situation in madison square garden to say the least um, Tom Wilson actually left the game early, which, uh, with, yeah, uh, with an upper body injury, that's essentially all that's known. Um, Pavel Buchnevich later in the game, and this interaction is a bit interesting because you've got Anthony Mantha sort of, uh, tailing on, on Buchnevich, kind of giving him a few whacks, trying to get him going. Buchnevich doesn't like it. He eventually skates up to Mantha and gives him, it's not a cross check. Because he really only, if you look closely, he only has one hand on the stick. It's kind of a two-handed punch. The NHL called it uh, a high stick to the face of um, of Mantha. Another dangerous play. Uh, not not a hockey play. Purely something out of frustration. I think we can all agree there. And uh, the outcome of that is was announced today, which we'll get to shortly. And then another, you know, brighter story out of all this that should be noted and we will talk about it is TJ Oshie scored a hat trick last night as well in his first game back after the passing of his father, the, all the uh, Washington players had stickers on their helmets. They're all commemorating Oshie for, uh, and his father and Oshie's first game back. He scores one goal. He gets two goals. He scores a hat trick. I know Patrick, we're getting there today. Pavel Buchnevich is suspended for one game. For what he did to Mantha, one game in Buchnevich terms is $28,000, over five times what Wilson was handed. We can talk about that. And the New York Rangers were fined $250,000 for the statement made on Tuesday. That happened this afternoon. That is where we are at today. There hasn't been a response from the Rangers. There hasn't been a response from any higher-ups, but... That's breathe, where we, first off, breathe. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. Take that's a breath. That's a lot to... You earned it. To take it. So let's jump back to the start. And I'm going to let you guys talk now for a Sweet. good hour. But 
The initial Wilson incident, uh, Nick, let's start with you. The initial Wilson incident on Bushnevich and Panarin, what did you think? Gross. No place for it in hockey. It's not a hockey play. All it is is, you know, a player like Tom Wilson, who has a lengthy history of doing extremely questionable non-hockey things on the ice. This is just another instance of that. Again, uh, Butchnevich, who he punched, is like turtled on the ground after a net front scramble. And he makes it like he deliberately punches him in the head with a glove on. Dave wasn't trying to fight him. He just punched him with a glove on and then threw Panarin down to the ice. And Artemi Panarin, like the key thing there, I think you mentioned it, was that, you know, he's not going to play again this season. So he caused an injury to Panarin on that play in that scruffle. Again, there was no need to throw Panarin down to the ice. It's a a mess. Mix up, I get it. It happens a hundred times a game, but to that degree that Wilson took it, I think is gross. And uh, I'll let Patrick touch on it before we get into what we thought of the punishment. But uh, needless to say, I don't think anybody here exactly sees eye to eye with it. No, not at all. And I think I watched it in real time. So the first replay I saw was only the Panarin throwing Panarin down. I didn't. I watched it in real time. Then I saw the Bushnevich incident and then i saw the parent one right after and there are times when dirty plays happen and or there's a scrum and and commentators kind of get into it kind of like jack edwards but if you guys watch um msg streams you watch sam rose and he's the rangers guy he does an excellent job you could tell that he was taken back by all of it and it's hard to watch because at one point he just goes man what is Tom Wilson doing? It wasn't anything hockey related. It was an unnecessary play. It was Steve Moore level for me. The only difference is, you know, Panarin's injury at the time did not seem that bad. He got up quickly, but I think if, if Panarin cracks his skull open, which was extremely likely, we're looking at an entirely different conversation. We're looking at a different game than last night. And it's just, it's disgusting. Wilson's been suspended. If you add up all of his suspensions, almost 40, 40 games missed. And not um, only that, he sat there and flexed in the penalty box yeah, after that, taunting the Rangers after all that. That's not someone who actually learns or cares. Uh, again, not a hockey play. We're not going to get into the fighting debate because we we know very well Nick and I see, don't see eye to eye on it, but that's not a hockey play at all. Um, if it's a fight, it's not a conversation. It's that It's that he slammed him down. I think the Panarin thing especially was disgusting. He grabbed him by the hair, first of all, slipped him – pushed him down. His face smacks against the ice. Um, Buchnevich too. Buchnevich was falling and he had his, his stick up against his neck right there. And Wilson keeps smashing his head down and it's hitting his throat. It's just, it's nasty, nasty stuff. And yeah, it, no, no place for that in hockey. And I don't know how many more times Wilson has to do this before the league says, Hey, like you can't play here anymore. He keeps doing this nonstop. And well, I this should, should have been the time. I think, I think this was the time to step in and say that, if you're not going to kick him out of the league, which I personally think they should have done over something like this, I think they should have completely thrown the book. He shouldn't be allowed to play again uh, in the regular season or playoffs this season. I think that would have been the very minimum uh, in, in terms of, of a punishment here. And um, for him to go away and just get a $5,000 fine, that's nothing to a guy like Tom Wilson. He makes a lot of money. Um and he's pretty much running and living his career off reputation of scaring opponents at this point. And uh, it's, it's BS quite frankly, in my opinion. So you just said it there, Nick, it was a $5,000 fine specifically for the Butchnevich incident, not the Panarin incident. What kind of message is, do you think the NHL is sort of sending with that? What kind of message do you think George Peros is sending with that, that there was no repercussions for what he did to, Panarin and very minor repercussions for what he did to Buchnevich. Well, I'm sure you can go back on the show. And I think we were all, um, I, I certainly was, and I'm not, I don't remember if you guys specifically were, I think we touched on it though. When George Perros was brought in into this position, I, I, I was very skeptical just based on the type of player that he was and what sort of impact he could have in that role. So with Perros specifically, I think we're seeing, you know, he, he Perros was that type of player like Tom Wilson, maybe not as dirty as Tom Wilson, but he sees value in making some sort of plays like that or it, referring to mix-ups like that. And like the Rangers said, horrible acts of violence like that. He sees that as a hockey play. And it's not when pretty much every fan, any casual watcher of hockey is going to tell you that's probably something they don't want to see. Um, if you're the Whitney's of the world and stuff like that, or um, somebody of that company, 
that he works for. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this is a, a a play and a player that you really in, like to watch. And I, but I, I think that's a small small portion of people that actually watch hockey that enjoy this. So I think I think it's a crap message all around because again, we're not. We've talked about it to length this season specifically too. The NHL is not protecting its star players. And why should a player like Artemi Panarin have to spend the rest of the season on the shelf? That's a massive investment money-wise for the Rangers, a player like that. And you want him to be healthy. Um, you want to lower the risk of injury when a player like Tom Wilson, just because he's big and strong, is able to skate freely uh, unpunished. Yeah, I think to touch back on the Paros uh, hiring, I remember at the time, it was very mixed reactions. Obviously people were skeptical and obviously because he was that player, but there were also people thinking, you know what, because he was that player and he wasn't dirty, but he was a goon. He's well-educated. He went to Princeton university. He's not a stupid person. Well, that, well that, that's up for debate right now, but when it went with the hiring was made, no one said, you know what, you, Paris is a dumb person. You know, maybe this is a good thing. I thought it was a step in the right direction. I thought having a player who's actually played has experienced. It was a good idea. Obviously I could not have been more wrong. Um, but I just, I've looked at some of the other suspensions and fines, and I have some examples here, if you don't mind, that I could run through. So Wilson was fined 5k for that entire thing. Barzal a week ago, got fined $2,000 for, for diving. It's a $3,000 difference of what Wilson did to Buchnevich and Panarin than, than Barzal diving. And then you look at the Gosses Bear boarding incident. He got one game. I don't even think that's a suspension. I don't even think it's a fine two games. Gosses Bear got two games. Okay, Gossespierre got two games, and I looked back at that. Yes, it's a late push, but it's a push. It's not a hit. It's not boarding, in my opinion. He caught an edge, and he it was it was a dangerous it was a dangerous dangerous decision to make going that fast into the end boards. Yeah. Yes, but Gossespierre and Edler getting two games for that. Wilson getting five thousand. Barzell getting two thousand. I look back to last year. Um, Julian Claude Julian was fined ten thousand dollars for speaking out against the officials. And then the Rangers find 250,000 for this. I think the least NHL player safety could do and the least George Peros could do is every single time something like this happens, when there's a hearing, when there's a suspension or a fine, releases a statement. And he says, this is our line of thinking. This is the yeah. bare, I'm, like we're asking for the bare minimum here to get at least a game. Cause we all know if, if Wilson suspended one game, that doesn't happen, obviously. Maybe a fight, but not the line brawl, not anything else release a statement saying, okay, this is why we only gave Wilson a $5,000 fine because he didn't hit this part and get into the specifics. Kind of like the Myers hit on Armia, right? That was a headshot, but it wasn't fully on a headshot. So Myers didn't get suspended because he grazed his shoulder. I don't agree with it, but at least we can see, you know what, that actually makes sense. I could see their thinking. The least they could do is that. The least they could do is release a statement and give Wilson one game, but they can't even do that. They can't even do the bare minimum. So let me ask you guys to play devil's advocate because one of my questions is how do you think Peros can see this and not want to fine or suspend Wilson play devil's advocate. Can you see any line of thinking here? And with you both play hockey, you both watch the NHL, you know how it works and we have a good enough understanding of the rules. Can you see any line of thinking here where you're like, yeah, okay, I guess maybe he shouldn't be suspended or fined. I can't all. like I, I, in my opinion, I seriously can't see a reason why. And I think that's why this has been so hard to understand for me. I just personally can't see it unless George Peros doesn't want to be the guy that's accused of taking the physicality or the manliness out of hockey. Like we know that very vocal minority will accuse him um that's probably the only type of thing i can think but again this is this is not surprising to see that a league doesn't take these types of injuries or potential um causes of injury seriously you know you can just look back to a couple years ago and how much the nhl has denied um the links of the sport of hockey to things like cte and uh post-concussion syndrome just head injuries in general and why they don't see a need to crack down on things like this in order to protect players in that way. I tried because we saw Lars Eller's comments who suggested that it was blown out of proportion because it's Tom Wilson. Uh, I've tried to look at similar plays. I think of, the, I don't know, there's a couple Dustin Bufflin incidents where he ragdolls a couple, like two guys at once, but even then nothing really comes close to this. 
I think it's akin to the Steve Moore incident. I think if Panarin is bleeding and there's a, a pool of blood on the ice because his head hit the ice, we're having an entirely different conversation. It's like, it's like slashing, for example. Okay. There can be a quick little tip of the blade hits your lip and you're bleeding and that's four minutes or a vicious slash on the wrist, super hard gives you two. That shouldn't change the penalty itself. That shouldn't change. The outcome shouldn't change the suspension. Just because Panarin got up and retaliated doesn't make it not a suspension. So uh, I, I, I don't I, I don't know. People just want some consistency. Um, Ken Campbell had a tweet today based for the uh, Buchnevich uh, suspension. Based on his salary, Pavel Buchnevich will surrender more than $28,000, yeah. which is almost five times what Tom Wilson was fined in addition to having set out a game. Also, if you look at the Buchnevich-Mantha thing, uh, incident, Mantha was on his way to cross-check Buchnevich in the face, Buchnevich just got him first. That entire shift, Mantha was yeah. slashing the back of his leg, pushing his helmet down. It was it was truly a, a goon performance last night from everyone around, but especially the Capitals. And again, this is where Nick and I might disagree, but we talk about players policing the game, players protecting themselves. When the league doesn't do it, that's what happens last night. Player, If, if, if Tom Wilson gets suspended, this is such an obvious statement, but that doesn't happen. So the players are going to say, you know what? The league's not protecting anyone. We're obviously going to going to drop the gloves. And I'm I'm assuming you disagree, Nick. Or no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I uh, I understand why that happens because yeah. the NHL isn't protecting anybody. So of course the players are going to take it into their own hands. Do I? I like. But th- there's the part that I also don't get. I I understand that uh, it was Brendan Smith that went after Tom Wilson and fought yeah. him. That fight I get, but I don't get the other staged fights throughout the game. That's probably the part on fighting that I don't understand. There were so many other obviously premeditated fights that took place, especially right at the beginning of the game. That's probably the part I don't really understand. If they want to go after Wilson and stuff like that. Sure. But I the the, going after the whole capitals team. I'm like, I'm not sure about I'm watching the game last night. I, I started thinking like, what does a guy have to do to, to make, to make your team not want to stand up for you? Watching all the Capitals players, like those three fights right off the bat, I don't know. That's the thing. Watching what Wilson did, why do those guys want to stand up for him? How like how do they not see what kind of player he is and how dangerous that was? I just, I don't. I'd like to think if I was in that position, you know, I'd be like, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna defend Tom Wilson, even though he's my teammate, because that was horrible. All right, so I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, not to, not because I'm condoning everything. I want to make that perfectly clear, but. The, the, the breed of players like that, it's definitely dying. It's almost non-existent. If I were to think about a, a couple of handful of players or a couple other players, I would look at Ryan Reeves, but he's not productive. Tom Wilson's productive. The closest thing I honestly think there is to Tom Wilson would be Josh Anderson and kind of Brady Kachuk, players who play like that. Players like that are loved. And I think when people say you would love a Tom Wilson on your team, I don't, I don't think they're talking about the dirty hits. They're definitely not. They're talking about the agitator, the guy who finishes checks, the guy who's in your face, the guy who's irritating. All that on its own is fine. And that's what, that's what Brady Kachuk is. That's what Josh Anderson is. That's what those big players are. And I think, look, Tom Wilson, you can look at interviews of him off the ice. P- people love him. He is, a, he is a soft-spoken, nice person. It's just a different outcome on the ice. And I'm not condoning anything he's doing. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to act like a stoolie or whatever. I'm just trying to trying to look at why they would why they would defend him and why they came to the defense they did. Also, you're not gonna not defend someone on the ice. I can't think of a time. Where I don't know. A teammate like, had no. I, I know, agree. But... You're right. You're right. And if he was my teammate, if he was our teammate, we all know none of us would. But I just think it's well, different when you have a personal connection with the player. Like yeah, you do. feel like I think the Capitals in some way felt obligated to do that last night. That just goes along with um, the culture surrounding hockey and stuff like that. You have to feel like you must stick up for your teammates, even though they do something as inexcusable as Tom Wilson does, just because um, players know, you know, perhaps something like their ice time is punished or um, they're reprimanded in some other way, which is an issue in itself. It's an issue in itself. Like, but um, you know, you look at this whole type of issue and I think the common theme here that we're seeing as we talk this out is that this really starts at the top and we'll go back to the Paros decision. If he suspended Tom Wilson, for yesterday's game, none of this happens. Okay. New York Rangers statement following the $5,000 fine. That was a very serious statement. They they called for Peros's job. 
should not be taken lightly. What do you guys, what do you guys think of, of how far they went with that? Because personally, I like to see such a strong statement, but I also think they were towing a line when it came to calling for Paris's job. I just, I'm not sure if that was the way to go about doing that in releasing a public statement. Patrick, what do you think? I disagree with you. I think that's exactly how you should go about it. I think if you want to actually, um, if you want to send a message, that's how you do it. You don't send a, oh, we're disappointed because everyone's disappointed. Every single time the NHL player safety, they make a, a decision about a fine or a suspension. The response is never positive. No one's ever like, hey, they got it right. And every single time you think they're about to get it right, they don't. And Panarin is a superstar in this league. Um, he's the big fish that that the Rangers got. Seeing what happened to him, you're going to be upset. And when you have money coming in that the Rangers do, they're, they're the biggest cash flow franchise in the NHL. I'm pretty sure Forbes put out them or Toronto. It doesn't matter. Do it. You, you can afford to do it. And I think that's the best way to do it. I think it sends a message. And knowing that I think other teams should follow suit. And then, of course, people were upset saying, well, they're only mad because it happened to them. It's like, yeah, obviously, if it happened to Pedersen and the Canucks made a statement, of course, it happened to Montreal and, and someone got hurt. Absolutely. It's someone, Suzuki, Price, whoever. doesn't matter. You, you, see, you see a player, a future star player there. If we, I can tell the comment you were trying to make. You see someone get hurt. You have to, you have to do it. And I, I, I applaud the Rangers for doing this. And, and I, I encourage more teams to do it. And honestly, I don't know how this works. I don't know where the money comes from, who, how exactly the fine is paid. But if I'm the Rangers, don't pay the fine. What are they going to do, fire you? No, they can't do that. Don't pay the fine. I'm sure there's some, I, like, I don't know, but what, I'm sure. What, what, what happens if you don't pay the fine? I don't know, but I'm sure. I don't know something. either, but I, 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 I so much more respect for the New York Rangers for doing that. I think that's excellent. I think showing that teams realize, Hey, this guy is not cut out. Our players aren't being protected. Yeah. I'm, I agree with Pat. When you're investing as much money, like the New York Rangers, you are the NHL's biggest dog. Um, and you have one of the NHL's highest paid players in Artemi Panarin. And he's being targeted like that by a, and I have no issue saying this much lesser player than yep. uh, like Tom Wilson. Um, I think they have every right to, you know, put their necks out, pay the fine because the Rangers can afford it and say what needs quite frankly to be said in this case, because um, I think they were completely right. George Peros was not doing his job, which is to uh, uphold the safety of players and hold those who are violating that accountable. He's not doing his job based on that. And I think um, the amount of people coming out and saying that they like, a, you know, are completely on the side of the Rangers and against Tom Wilson, all this, it really speaks volumes. We will talk about the $250,000 fine closer to the end, because when you look at that compared to, um, you know, in, in the context of what's happened, it is certainly uh, questionable to say the least, but when we come back, we will jump into the supposedly unrelated management changes with the Rangers. We'll be back in a few. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, as we opened the show, the New York Rangers on Wednesday announced the firing of president John Davidson and GM Jeff Gordon. And again, everyone thought this had this must have something to do with the events of Monday and Tuesday night. Apparently they didn't. Uh, apparently it was a long time coming and it just, it, it happened yesterday. This is interesting timing. It doesn't really make sense. And when you look at it, you think, eh, I don't really believe them that it didn't have anything to do with that, but what do I know? So, the Rangers, a young up and coming team, you would, I, I mean, from my, from my outsider perspective, I can't really see any issues with how that team has been handled recently. I think everything's looking good over there. They're, they're not quite there yet, but they're, they're on the right track. I don't know. They right. fired. Yeah. They, they, but they fired their president and general manager. Drury is going to take over for the time being. I'm, is that, do you guys know if that's uh, temporary or. I think it's temporary for now, but I would assume they would make that permanent because he's been a yeah, he's pretty been sought after, uh, yeah, pretty sought after guy in terms of uh, a lot of GM searches. All right. So, I mean, Nick, what was your initial reaction to that news? I know everyone was shocked, but 
you know, your, your initial reaction and your own opinion on whether that had anything to do with the Wilson incident or the Rangers statement. Well, like you said, there was a lot of shock at first, but I, I automatically assumed right off the bat that they were somehow connected just because the timing seemed to be uh, too coincidental. But uh, looking into all the comments that were made after and all the reasoning given, it just seems like the uh, MSG chairman, uh, James Dolan, and uh, Rangers ownership in general were just really unhappy with the speed of the rebuild, which I, I think that's pretty crazy given how quickly I think the Rangers have turned this thing around. Um, compared to what a lot of people think. I like. I would have loved to have seen what uh, MSG would have thought of this team right now in the rebuild direction if they didn't win two draft lotteries and sign the best free UFA uh, free agent available of like the last decade. I, I would love to have known or, you know, unearth like a um, really good starting goalie in uh, Shesterkin, all that. Like they, everything has gone the Rangers way in the past couple of years and they have turned this around quickly. Um, in an 82 game season, they possibly make the playoffs this year. And I think they're for sure going to make it next year. Like this team is on the, on, you know, it's on the cusp of being something really, really great. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It's, it's strange because I guess that's the pressure of the big market, right? You're impatient if you're the New York Rangers and I get it because we said it before, they are the NHL's biggest team. They are, they call a lot of shots around the league. And that's fine because they bring in so much and they probably want some playoff revenue to come along with that soon. But um, the timing of it, I think, was the strangest thing for me. It's it's odd that they would have thrown that in where they did, um, as opposed to leaving this for the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I have a very hard time believing this is unrelated to everything that happened. Um, they released a statement. We all remember it. I February 8th, 2018. We would have been in studio, I think, right? We would have been, yes. Yeah, that would have been right when we started. No, 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 no. February 8th, 2018 no. would have been a year before. That would have been, yeah, sorry, a year okay. before. Either way, they released a statement saying, hey, yes, we've been successful in the playoffs, but we've come to a halt. We're going to focus on adding youth skill and rebuilding. And they had, I'm not trying to, re- to repeat too much of what Nick said, but they had one of the fastest rebuilds we've seen. You, you win, you finish 12th and you pick Lafreniere first overall. You win another draft lottery, you get to pick Kako second overall. You sign Panarin, you get Adam Fox, you make Truba less of a liability. Uh, you have good goalies, you draft Vitaly Kravtsov, um, Zibanejad pops off. There is so much, so much was going well for the Rangers. And even through all the crap with D'Angelo earlier this year, the Rangers were one of the more exciting teams in, in the league, especially down the stretch. Zibanejad and Panarin were two, were two of the most consistent players. And you had such a strong foundation to build on. Kako has only been in the in the league a couple of years. Lafreniere had a, a good enough rookie season, and they looked like a team that was going to be terrifying in five years. All, I, you could argue maybe a dynasty because of how much how much talent they had, and, and I really think that. And it goes against the whole statement they made. And obviously, we know. I don't know if you were gonna, if you if you don't mind if I put this tweet out, but or this quote out. Mark Messier said, "If you're going to win, you have to be able to win in the street and in the alley." I particularly would not have built the team built the team that didn't have answers in this regard. I, I think it has to be with their team response to the Wilson stuff. I don't know. It seems like an old hockey man thing to say the Rangers were doing everything right for the modern NHL, bringing in skill and speed. And I, if, if they start, you know, they, the Rangers weren't a better team with Tanner glass in the lineup. They were a better team without Tanner glass and all those gritty players. So it goes directly against that statement. Um, I no doubt in my mind they'd be one of the best teams in the league in the years to come. This just seems short-sighted and it seems really, really stupid. Not to mention, I think, you know, a coaching change might positively impact this team as soon as next year. Like I think I I don't rate um, David Quinn as a coach in New York. And I think, you know, bringing in a quality coach, like as soon as this off season could really take them to the next level, um, starting next year and that's something that's always i've always had in the back of my mind maybe if they had a better guy who made better lineup decisions this year could they have pushed after a bad start or um i i it's hard to think that the islanders recent success doesn't have something to do with this because that's what a lot of people have pointed to as in the islanders are a tough hard-nosed team that is maximizing a lot of b-level assets and they've become a heavy hitter in the Eastern Conference. 
So from a Rangers perspective, are you disappointed with how you're looking compared to a team like that when you're spending as much money? But it's so hard to, because I think so much of the Islanders success is again in that position where I think the Rangers don't exactly have it. And that's coaching. And I think, you know, just a coach could make all the difference for the Rangers, just the same way Barry Trotz leaving tomorrow could take the Islanders right down to the bottom of the league. It's, it's a complete mix up in philosophies. And I think the Rangers are really prioritizing the wrong things here and overreacting possibly like Patrick said, simply to the, a guy, one guy like Tom Wilson shaking up the Rangers like this. And I, you know, John Davidson, Jeff Gordon, they're going to get jobs somewhere else because these are two very, very qualified. Um, and I, I think quite frankly, really good executives uh, in the NHL. What a well articulated point. That was very well put. <laughs> Sorry. I, I just one, one sec. That was who, who has had a faster rebuild than the Rangers? The Leafs, well, maybe, just gonna, but kind of. You, you could of. say the Leafs, but the Leafs were the Leafs were in the bottom half of the league for Forever. 15 years before they won the Matthews exactly. lottery. So when it's, were the two peaks of that? The Rangers rebuild, were in the playoffs. Wait. The Rangers well, made the playoffs in 2017. I was right? just going to ask. They lost to Ottawa in the second round of 2017, right? Yeah. That was and the now if we're they saying the they're going to be back, they could be back. They could have been back this year, almost for sure next year. That's yeah. a four or five year turnover. That's not. But bad. that's the thing. The year after they make the playoffs, that they lost. They won or lost to Ottawa. I can't remember. Lost. They lost to Ottawa, and, and they were in the play-in last year. Like that's something too. Yep. And they faced Carolina. Like you got the short end of the stick, and you faced a really good Carolina team. They could have just as easily, um, you know, a couple things change, and they could have done what Montreal did, where it would have been able to sneak into the playoffs and perhaps yeah. um, fight with a couple teams because they have enough upside in their roster to do that. Yeah, I, 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 if they go the gritty route, the old hockey man route, then we're going to see a downfall of what could have been a really exciting Rangers team, all the skill they have. So uh, I have a very hard time believing. And I think I also think that's a crappy quote from Mark Messier, by the way. That's yeah. not something you have to say. To slag, to slag somebody like John Davidson and yeah. uh, Jeff Gordon on their way out like that, the way they've built the team. Yeah, I don't disagree with I Sorry, I completely disagree with yeah. that. So following the Rangers' release of that statement, the second game in, uh, so 48 hours following the first game, the second game between the two teams was played, and it was a bit of a, a crap show. It was an embarrassment to the league, uh, the ranger it, it was an embarrassment just in general that that had to happen that so easily could have been avoided that should have been avoided 100 penalty minutes in the first period is not a good thing especially uh when you look at why there were 100 penalty minutes in the first period just a very avoidable set of chaos that took place last night and the uh, the most I don't know, one of the one of the more relevant parts of last night's game was we've talked about it was the Butchnevich suspension. Let now, if you can try to separate the Wilson incident and the Butchnevich incident last last night, like Butchnevich's own incident last night, not his incident in the first game. Do you think one game is is fair for what Butchnevich did last night? Either of you? I, I can't answer because I don't have anything to compare it to. And that's what's tough about it. Uh, yes, if if Wilson got five games, sorry, I don't know you told me not to do that. That's exactly what I said. Don't but do. I can't, but I can't compare because I what am I supposed to be comparing it to? The well, you watch hockey. Do you think that that's a one game? But suspension? you have to set you have to set something. You have to Yeah, you, you need have, precedent for this has to be sort something, of thing, right? So I don't know. Uh I, what did Kadri get in the playoffs a few years ago? That was Kadri, similar. Okay, good example because I have that up here. I think Kadri got the rest of the playoffs, so it was which was one, which was the first. He round. got the rest of the series against the Bruins, so right, it was like they, a max like. And minimum, what game did he get? That minimum in, three games, maximum five games. I think but, that's what it was at the okay, time. Okay, so that's but playoffs. Have, that's a, a lot, of, actually. Yeah. Yes, that and that, a that, that's a that is a, a, a suspension that sets a message because Kadri was doing that nonstop in the playoffs. They lost anyway. And he had done matter. it the year before. Too. And yes, exactly. So and repeat offender. Was, yes. Yeah. More than, more than uh, Wilson. And he's obviously since calmed down, but okay. He got the rest of the series for a cross check to the face. 
Last playoffs, Niskanen got one game for cross-checking Gallagher. The exact same cross-check to Gallagher's throat from Chara, where Gallagher fell, got $5,000. So I don't know what what a what a Mantha cross-check or a, a cross-check to Mantha is supposed to warrant. I, I have nothing to compare it to. I stick, it technically. I stick, like it, but again, it wasn't. Look at the, yeah, but you look if, at the replay. If what Tom Wilson did is a $5,000 fine, then no, the Butchnevich play is not a suspension. If Tom Wilson gets the book thrown at him, then yes, it's a suspension because it was a stupid thing to do uh, by Butchnevich. And I don't think we're going to debate that. I think it no. was, it, he, he just lost it there for a second. But again, like that, that's the, that's the thing that I struggle with because while I think it was equally as stupid what Butchnevich did, um, I, I, like, I think it was a dumb play and he was asking to get thrown out at that point. But if they call he he hit Mantha cleanly on that shift earlier. And if you watch the whole play, Mantha was chasing him, slashing him, uh, poking at him the whole time. So if they're not going to call Anthony Mantha for one of the slashes or instigating or anything like that, like, I, I think he's got to be called at least for a penalty on the play too, because that, you know, stops the whole play dead and there's no risk of somebody getting hurt or suspended at that point. So again, like we can keep going back to this, but this is like, you know, this is an at the top type situation for the NHL. They've got to crack down on this from the ice level all the way up to the executive level. They've got to do a better job calling things on the ice because it prevents things like that from happening. And then when things like that do happen, that are suspension worthy, they've got to be consistent with the calls. I, yeah. And just to touch on that, watch the replay. And if you pause it while Buchnevich starts to cross-check Mantha, Mantha's doing the exact same motion to Buchnevich. If there's yeah. a couple second delay there, then it's it's Buchnevich who's on the receiving end of a cross-check to the face or a high stick, whatever it was, whatever it was called. So um, I know we completely did exactly what you told us not to do, but it's <laughs> impossible because there has to be something set for us to look at it. So um, I don't know. Uh, I also think look at the statements made from NHL player safety, NHLPA. Um, look at those lengthy statements compared to the, you know, one sentence, stop Asian hate. Uh, we stand against racism. There's a lot more emphasis on defending player or people uh, within the organizations who, who don't care for player safety than there is. I just think it's a different, obviously their priorities are not in the right place. And I think it's such a bad look for the NHL. And I thought Sid Sixero's tweet was perfect. There is not a league more, uh, less less aware than uh, than the National Hockey League. So, so true. Finally, the last as of six p.m. on the button on Thursday, the last update to this saga is a big one: a two hundred fifty five two hundred fifty thousand dollar sized fine for the Rangers for the statement they made calling for Paris's job uh, directly speaking to the uh, punishment that Tom Wilson received. When you look at this, when you look at the $250,000 fine to a team uh, compared to the $5,000 fine that started this, and I know we talked about it, but not, it's just, it's not a good, it's not a good look in, in the whole thing hasn't been a good look, but the, the bad looks continue with this fine and you guys have both made it vocal that maybe the NH or I guess Patrick, that the Rangers maybe don't pay this $250,000 fine. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying no, like, I, I, what's going to happen. What are yeah, you going to do? It's, they can't be in the league. The, no. the New York Rangers aren't going to be financially affected by a $250,000 fine. MSG is not like, it's not going to hurt yeah. them. They're a cash cow. That's, that's what it is the optics of this are just so brutal. And again, this whole saga as a whole, we're going to look back on this like for years to come. And this is going to be a reference point for so many different things. But besides that, this entire thing, this entire sequence of events is precisely why the NHL is failing to grow in the United States and in North America in general. It, they just can't reach a bigger audience because nobody cares for this kind of drama and, you know, a league that doesn't really care about its players and their safety 
and everything like that. Like I'm, I'm sure Pat was going to mention this and we can talk about some of the other things that happened in the league last night, because in this game itself, TJ Oshie scored a hat trick just days after his father passed away. And I'm, you know, we can look back on after TJ Oshie and the Washington Capitals won the Stanley cup in 2019, his emotional speech on the ice about his dad, after he won and Oshi was in tears, just describing the feelings and his connection to his dad and how that helped him through the playoffs and to win the Stanley cup just days after his father sadly passed away, he went out and scored a hat trick. Unfortunately, that is the one thing nobody is ever going to remember about this game. And that sucks because I'd put that, you know, Luke remember when Bobby Ryan scored a hat trick days after coming back, um, from alcohol rehab against the Canucks last year and how much that was talked about around the league forever. And what a great story that was before the season got called off because of COVID-19 that this is, you know, I, I it's on the same level as that and deserves to be talked about forever. It's, it's such an iconic moment and we're never going to remember it now because mm. the league and its players and its culture and its crappy priorities got in the way of everything here yep and i think to add another thing um what else happened last night on, on top of that you had kopitar who was the fourth la king to reach a yep. thousand points didn't didn't we, know we that till i woke up this morning yeah exactly it wasn't talked about we can go on about kopitar being one of the more underrated players of the last decade mark andre fleury uh got he was the uh, he moves into third NHL career wins list. These are these are fantastic milestones and historic events that that should be talked about, and they're not because last night. But on the flip side, you have the the pro, you know, the people who like Tom Wilson who don't think he should have been suspended, think that they didn't suspend him because they knew there would be ratings and and a lot of viewership attached to that game, which I don't think is the right motive um, to do something like that. But again, so much there's so many been so many exciting things that have happened. In, in the past last night alone and it's all getting overshadowed because George Peros did not do his job. It's uh, it's, it's brutal. So. I agree. I think, yeah, with everything going on, the fact that this is, this is what, you know, this is what the NHL is going to be known for for the past few days and for the next few days, everything going on here, as opposed to TJ Oshie, um, Anze Kopitar, Marc-Andre Fleury. It's not, not a good look. And I was going to, end with that good story from last night unless either you have anything else to say on this ongoing stream of events but it was really i don't know what the right word is i guess special to see what tj Oshi did last night i'm terribly unfortunate that it was overshadowed but i, th- I think a lot of people saw what was happening uh and when he scored well when he scored the first goal that was really special but when he put that empty netter in that was uh that was something else there was a nice moment on the bench it was like a a solid 30 second hug between Backstrom mm-hmm. and Oshie yeah. on the bench. That's a fantastic moment. It's it's like the Bobby Ryan uh, hat trick. Uh, I believe it was last year. Yeah. So many amazing things happened last night. And and for uh, imagine NHL could have a fantastic night if none of that happened. If you look at Oshie's hat trick, Kopitar hitting a yeah. milestone, and Marc Andre Fleury hitting a milestone. But again, Shane Pinto first NHL goal. Throw that in there. Why not? You know, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Happened. That was really big of you, Pat. Way to mention that. Very mature. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Never doing that. Again. But yeah, so it's, it's what, what do we expect from the NHL? Patrick, am I correct in saying the Canadians can clinch tonight or not quite? They can clinch tonight with, I think just a point. Uh, I, yeah, they can clinch tonight. And are you betting on them clinching tonight? After no, last I am performance? not doing that. Um, I would love to talk about the game before where Caulfield had the OT winner against the Leafs rather than the game against yeah. the Suns last night. But Nick, if you want to touch on it real quick, yeah, Ottawa is no, I... a good team. Um, this is at the point where the Sens, you know, potential is becoming the reality for the Sens. They have such a bright future and they are such a good team and they're going to be a lot of fun. If... When they become good, you have to be nice to me. That's Nick, if this was an 82 game season, what would you be thinking right now in terms of if the it's senators games in this division, the senators make the playoffs in this division. Like I'm becoming increasingly confident of that. Like the trajectory of the jets, the Canucks, the flames, and at times Montreal has been it's so questionable. And, you know, the senators had a very, very terrible start and you can't take that away. That is completely on them for starting the way they did completely on management and coaching, but 
it, the, the kids have taken over and we're seeing it now. Um, like Patrick said, the reality is becoming, it's shifting towards the present. We're starting to see glimpses of what the senators could be in, uh, you know, a year or two and uh, shortly, I guess is the right word to say there, just what they could be um, sooner rather than later. So it's exciting. Um, and, you know, they did that last night, one of their best performances of the season without debatably their best player, Thomas Shabbat. And yeah. they handed the keys over to a guy like Eric Brandstrom, who had um, the best game of his NHL career so far. And, you know, it's exciting times in Ottawa. And it feels weird because I've come on the show now a few times in the past couple of weeks and have had nothing but nice things to say about the Ottawa Senators. And that That's feels it. very, very, very weird. Um, well, I think I've said it before, but the Atlantic is going to be very good next year. Kind of unfortunate for the up and coming senators, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there with um, Ottawa, of course, and Florida, et cetera. So I'm sure we'll, I'm sure in, in a year from now that we'll be talking about the senators round two matchup, hopefully. Yeah. Not sure about that yet, but you know, hopefully in a couple of years time on May 6th, I'm watching senators hockey. Okay, so I, we had to we had to take a little sidebar for that, but Giordano uh, playing this May is the first time in his career he's ever played in May, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. But, anyways, we uh, we'll leave it there. Hopefully, next week we have less drama and more hockey to talk about. But we'll see. We're about. I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of non-Canadian teams are finishing up their season this weekend if not most uh, or sorry all are finishing up this weekend uh vancouver edmonton winnipeg i think are and cal or no vancouver calgary and edmonton are spilling over into next week but yeah ottawa, ottawa is as well they got yeah, a game against yes. toronto next wednesday uh other than that playoff pictures are set uh east is set west has one more spot central has one more spot north has one more spot so by next show we'll probably have all the answers yeah Thanks. more terrible predictions on the way Yes, of course. When do we not do that? Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a few days. See you then.